Hello, Gaffer community. Welcome to the Gaffer End of Season Awards. This is a very exciting night in the season. This is the night we've all been waiting for. Tonight, I'm joined by Angus. Firstly, Angus, how are you? I'm good, thank you, mate. How are you? I'm good, thank you very much. And I'm also joined by Luton fan Dan Ashby. Daniel, how are you? I'm doing well, Jamie. Angus, how are you? Everyone all good? Looking forward to dishing out some awards. This is what we've all been waiting for. We're about a week too late, as everybody already knows. So um, it feels like so long ago the championship season ended. Right. At first, I was glad there was no more football. I was quite burnt out. Where now I'm, I just want the new season to start now. How are you? Do you feel the same? Yeah, definitely. Angus, you were nodding, and I thought you were just going to nod and not reply for the podcast. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought I thought about it, and then I was like, "Oh wait, no, it's a podcast. I need to say something." <laughs> what about you, Dan? Uh, it was a bit of a weird uh, end to the season, uh, being a Luton fan, because obviously, what the main aim for us was to stay up, and we'd done that a lot more comfortable comfortably than I thought we would. So, yeah. the last month we were sort of. Um, trying different formations, different players. So, yeah, it was a bit of a weird one being a Lewin fan, but overall very happy that we finished 12th and that we're still in the championship. So, Yeah, definitely. It doesn't help when you can't go either, does it? Have you renewed your season ticket for next season? Yeah, yeah, I've renewed. So hopefully it'll be full stadiums. Um, I'm looking forward to that massively. I- I'm praying for full stadiums. I, I just can't wait to go back and watch a nil-nil. I honestly can't. It's, it's <laughs> I was quite so lucky long. to... I managed to um, go to one of the games when it was limited um, capacity. When We had like a 1,000. It was the night we beat Norwich. Uh, even a 1,000 fans makes a difference. So Yeah, I envy you there. We didn't, we didn't get that. We were... Um, we were away at Wickham actually, um, when they're having the limited crowds, and so, yeah, I know I haven't been now, guys, 15, 16 months, I think something like that, way too long. So yeah, look forward to that. But before we get to next season, then we need to dish out some awards. So, for the listeners, this is how it's going to go. Um, for the first half, we're going to do non-gaffer awards, so just general championship. So, I will be hosting it. I'll be like your Jack White, all of the Brits. Angus and Dan will be giving out their awards. So we're going to do the Championship Team of the Year in a 4-4-2 formation, Player of the Season, Young Player of the Season, Manager of the Season, Signing of the Season, and we're Signing of the Season, and then just um, a couple of predictions for next season. Then in the second half, we'll get into the Gaffer Awards. So Dan and Angus will give us their Team of the Season in a 4-3-3 formation with a 100 million budget. Um, we'll have player of the season, flop of the season, value pick of the season. That was under five million. Best gaffer moments and worst gaffer moments of the season. So it'd be nice to hear some of yours who you think, listeners. So once the pod comes out, um, tell Angus and Dan how wrong they were and how right you are. Um, it'll be good, good reading. So let's get straight into the awards. And we're going to go straight into the non-gaffer for Championship Team of the Year. So what I'll do then, guys, is I'll give you a position. Um, 
Angus, you can go first for yours. Give us your keeper and why. Um, and then, Dan, you can give us yours. So, Angus, goalkeeper of the season. So, I thought there were a couple of options here. Um, it largely boiled down to uh, Krull and Begovic. And I basically went with Tim Krull because I thought he'd played well on the best team in the league and been a key part of what I thought was a very strong defence this season. So um, he edged it for me in the end. Yeah, see why. What about you, Dan? I went for Begovic and I know he, he was um, a bit of a... He had that moment in the playoff final, but throughout the season, um, especially in the middle of the season, Bournemouth were defensively terrible. And in some games, he he won them a lot of points. So I, I went for Begovic. Yeah, I'd probably put it down to one of them too, actually, to be fair. If I was going to, I think a lot of keepers had spells throughout the season. Like, um, Woodman was good, very good at, for a certain stage of the season. Dieng at QPR, he was really good as well, wasn't he? Um, but yeah, I think consistency throughout. Yeah, it's got to be one of them too for me. So. I'm not going to take sides. Um, we'll let you have them ones. Um, we'll go to right back of the season, Angus. So, uh, partially due to the strength of the defence as well, but also I thought he was really good all season. I went for Max Aarons. I thought the, the Aarons <laughs> even, Max Aarons. The, there weren't necessarily a lot of attacking returns. I think it was two goals and two assists. Um, it was also part of 18 clean sheets but I thought particularly finding myself watching Norwich a number of times he was always really involved he was always a threat um, but he was always really strong doing his job back the way as well and I thought particularly particularly framing it as a right back rather than sort of a wing back that gave him the edge for me over Connor Roberts Yeah I knew it was going to be one of them too that you'd say Max Aaron's out do you think it's time? I know they've just gone up, and I don't mean to disrespect Norwich fans. <laughs> They're not going to want me to say this, but do you think it's time for him to leave now? Maybe looking at a top six Premier League side, or do you think he's best staying in that side again? I think it may well be time for him to move, but I think both sides are in a good position in that... Norwich don't need to sell, but I think if the if the right move came up, it's something that could work for both sides in terms of the money they would get for him yeah. and the move that he would be able to get to develop. Like, I know, for example, I've seen him linked with Everton before, which obviously is a bit of a strange one now with them losing their manager, for example, but that's something that could be a good move for him and for that and for Norwich in terms of the money they could get for him. But I think given that they've got promoted, it's also a situation where he can be quite choosy over making sure it's the right move as well. Yeah, definitely. I think I saw 30 million being thrown around for him. And let's be honest, it's not that often you're going to recoup 30 million for a right back. Is yeah. it? So I could see why they'd be tempted, but I'd like him to stay. I'd like the whole Norwich team to stay together and just see how they do. Cause they were so good. Um, Dan, you're right back. Uh, <laughs> so it was between Aaron's. Aaron's. But I Aaron's and I only chose I chose Robert. Uh, I just thought he 
just his attacking alone gets him ahead of uh, Max Aaron's. And I, and I think we expected uh, Aaron's to do what he did, whereas I think Roberts, not many people thought he would do that. So I went for Roberts. Yeah, I'd personally give Aaron's myself, but Roberts, yeah, I completely agree. I was not expecting that from him. And I knew he was okay, but he really did excel this season. And, you know, there's talks of him getting a Premier League move now and you can see why. But, yeah, I love how you're very split on this, you two. Both of them. Yeah. A choice of two and you've both gone for the opposite one. So, um, this could be quite interesting then going forward. We'll go to left-back. Angus, you can start. So, I had a bit of a split here. There were, I think, three or four I could have gone with. I went with Rico Henry. Okay. I thought, I mean, I think he's the best left back in the division. Yeah. And I thought he actually played well all season. He was asked to do a couple of different roles when the systems changed. And I thought he he did well defensively, but was a a constant option for them getting forward as well. So um, this was one where I could have easily gone about three or four different ways. But in the end, I went for Rico Henry. I can see why. The reason I'm surprised, I thought you'd have gone someone else just because of Henry's injury, but I definitely agree in terms of being the left, best left-back in the league. He definitely was. Um, so I can see why you've gone him. Dan, you look surprised as well, so I'm assuming you've <laughs> gone somebody else. I'm, I'm not surprised because he is the best left-back in the league. I just thought he was out for three months, so I'm not sure... Um, that's why I, did, I haven't picked him. Uh, I've gone for Callum Styles from Barnsley. Um, it was between him or Richards from Reading. Uh, I think with Styles, you've got to bear in mind he's normally a centre mid, and he's ch- he's completely changed his game to play at left back or wing back. Uh, he's an attacking player and. Uh, one of the main reasons why uh, Barnsley, Barnsley did so well this season, so I went for Callum Styles. Yeah, I can't argue with that. When I was initially thinking of my team this season, he never came into my head for some reason. Maybe that's the ignorance of me of ignoring Barnsley, maybe. But then um, I'd seen it somewhere on one, two, I don't know what team of the year it was. It wasn't the PFA, I don't think. It was some kind of team of the year, maybe who scored or whatever. And then I saw him, I was like, oh shit, yeah. You forget that he's actually a centre midfielder and he's converted to full back slash wing back this season. And yeah, he was definitely one of the biggest reasons why Barnsley did so well. So yeah, can't argue with that one. Um, your two centre backs, Angus. Uh, so speaking of Barnsley, uh, one of my centre backs was Helic. Uh, big, obviously again big part of their defence which was so strong and a menace from set pieces going forward as well um, and then the other one I went with was uh, Sia Rolta at, Wat- Watford. at Watford um, obviously they were so strong defensively and a big part of that felt like him coming in um, absolute, absolute unit massive player and seem to always be so key to their defence, which is obviously so strong this season. Um, so I went for those two. Yeah, 
cannot argue with that really at all. Dan, have you gone the same or anyone different? Uh, so I went for Sierra Alta. I thought um, he was a massive reason why Watford, Watford's form changed. Um, so, yeah, I, I think he was definitely one of the reasons they um, done a lot better in the second half. Um, so I, I picked him. And the other centre-back I picked was Mark Way from oh, Swansea. Okay. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> maybe that's a bit recency bias from his playoffs, but I think when you consider he's 20-year-olds playing in a back four, back three, um, and I just couldn't really think of too many centre-backs that stood out to me apart from... Um, Gway or Sierra Alta, really. If I had to pick, them four would definitely have been considered. And the only one, or maybe two, I'd throw in the mix would have been Gibson and Hanley at Norwich. For Gibson was really, really good until um, he got injured. And Grant Hanley surprised me a lot because I've never been his biggest fan. Um, and, you know, I've never watched absolute loads of him, but he's really, really good with the ball at his feet. Because when you look at him, it doesn't look like he is at all. So one of them two, but I can't argue with any of them that you've thrown in there. So we'll go to right midfield, Angus. I feel like we, you might agree on one here. This was a very, very easy pick, and it's Emmy Buendia. I, 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 I don't think I need to explain yeah. that one. <laughs> no, the boy's magic. Dan, I'm going to assume you've got Buendia. Yeah, without a doubt. Um, shouldn't even be playing in this in this league. Should, should be in a top six side easily. And yeah. um, I, I was lucky to see him um, against Luton. And although they lost, he, he, he was so good. Um, so I, I just can't believe he was in, in the championship for a second time. Absolutely bonkers. I turned into a little Emmy Buendia fanboy now just through like playing gaffer this year because when he got in the Argentina squad, I was actually like, yeah. really buzzing. And then I saw it would have been a Norwich fan account um, post a picture of him in training next to Lionel Messi, and I was just like, <laughs> "How has this guy played championship football this season and then just gone train with Messi?" Oh, he's, I hope they keep him. I really do, just for like knowledge. But I really do want to see him play at the top, top level, like into Europe um, as well. So, yeah, that was an easy one. We'll go to left midfield then. Angus, we'll start with you. Uh, another relatively straightforward one for me. I've gone on out Dan Juma. Yeah. Yeah, that is pretty. I say it's straightforward, <laughs> but I had a player in my head and it wasn't him. And not because I think the players was better than Dan Juma. I just didn't know. I just didn't think of him. Um, yeah, he's class. Um, obviously, we didn't see it in the Premier League, but he seems to have settled now at Bournemouth. In. There's no way he's going to be playing in the Championship, is there? No. Surely not. No, I, I don't see it. I think particularly with sort of the way clubs are going to be looking around and maybe not have as much money to spend, someone like him seems like such an obvious target to go and get from the championship now. Yeah, 100%. Who have you had done for left wing? 
Yeah, it was Dan Jr. Yeah. I think I think what what was interesting is when you compare him to Brooks and Brooks very rarely showed up this season, whereas Dan Juma, at times, he, it felt like he was carrying Bournemouth. And when he was injured, it that was when their form slumped. Um, and as soon as he got back in the team, they went on that run towards the end of the season. So, uh, yeah. definitely can be, definitely moving, especially with uh, Bournemouth's finances at the minute. Um, so, yeah. I don't think we'll be seeing Bournemouth, Dan uh, Juma, uh, next season in the Championship either, unfortunately. I'd be very surprised. I think the only way we're going to see him in the Championship is if he goes late. Um, someone playing cat and mouse with Bournemouth, try and get the price down, and then he goes on deadline day. That's the only way I can see him. But will he want to play and risk an injury? Because it's clear he's going to move. Um, next one then, centre midfielders. Um, I think this one might be interesting actually. We'll start with you, Angus. Yes. So this was one that I did actually struggle with, particularly trying to sort of stay true to guys who played in midfield. Yeah. Um, I went with uh, Ollie Skip and Alex Mowat. I thought Skip was excellent for Norwich, made such a massive difference for them obviously not a, a gaffer asset this season but I think as a player was so good and I thought yeah. Mauer obviously came onto our gaffer radars later in the season but I thought actually for the entirety of the season he was really good for Barnsley really important to them making that ending up in the playoffs this season um, so those two made it in for me Can't argue there really um, Dan who have you had? Exactly the same as Angus um, Mauer and Skip. Uh, Skip, I think it was quite, quite inter- interesting for months. Like, you didn't really hear about Skip. <clears throat> and then all of a sudden, it was like Skip's doing well and everything like this. But he was doing it the whole season. It, it was only people started noticing it towards the end of the season. And Mauer is so underrated when you consider. He's basically playing in a two and he, he's he got so much running to do, but yet he controls the game and set pieces and long shots. And I think the worry for Barnsley is he's out of contract and I think there's going to be a lot, lot of championship clubs or lower-end premiership clubs in for him. I think Newcastle was thrown out there once. So I don't know if that's well, it's obviously not confirmed. I don't know if, if there's anything in that, but that that'd be a top signing from Newcastle. Really, on a free transfer, um, can't argue with any of them. In I think the only one I'd consider, but he's not really a centre midfielder as a Luce, but you're not going to go him over Buendia or Danjuma, so I can see why um, you haven't gone him. Um, strikers and this this will definitely be tough because there's been a few good strikers this season throughout. Well, throughout the whole campaign, Angus, who have you gone with? So the the one that was a lot for me was, I guess, the obvious one of Ivan Tony. Yeah, um, I think in the end it was what 31, 32 goals, ten assists, like broke the goal scoring record, and you know, obviously fired Brentford ultimately to promotion. But 
Um, and then the second one was a toss up for me between uh, Pookie and Armstrong. And I basically went for Pookie solely in the end because of the period of time that Armstrong missed that I thought actually made a, a big difference to it. Like when I thought Blackburn were going to make a playoff run and then Armstrong missed the time, it highlighted his importance, but it meant that in terms of the team of the season, he just lost out to Pookie for me. Yeah. It's you two of them three for me. I'll just see Dan's ad first. And if you had Dan, then we'll talk about it. Uh, so I picked Tony for pretty much the same reason as Angus did. When you think he came from League One and they basically already a, a premiership player, um, it's scary how good he was. And it weren't just uh, his goal scoring, his overall play, um, just the ultimate strike, lone striker. Um, I suppose the only disappointing thing was he gets booked. And we know how much Jamie loves a striker who gets booked. <laughs> but uh, the second one was between Pookie and Armstrong, and I went for Armstrong. And the reason was he scored the most um, out, um, outfield goals, so like, uh, like goals that weren't penalties. Out of the whole league, even even more than Tony, so went for Armstrong. I would go Armstrong myself, but uh, it's me to say like not to have Pookie now. I'd love to just have them three and a four for him a four three three. But obviously, we made the rules four four two. Um, quick question for both of you, Ivan Tony. Will he score more than ten goals next season in the Premier League? Angus, I'll start with you. Uh, yes, yeah. I think it won't like it won't be masses, but I think you'll get more than ten. Um, I mean, anyone who had paid attention to the championship the year before didn't see Patrick Bamford and his what like seventeen goals coming, given how much of a donkey he'd looked in the championship. And Ivan Tony looked much better, so I could definitely see that. And I think, particularly going up into a league with VAR and getting penalties. Okay, the I man is absolutely incredible. Will he score 10 goals from open play, do you think? It's touch and go, but I'd I'd say probably. But probably. it's touch and go. Dan, you look like you're gonna disagree, so I'll come to you. I don't know. I think he'll score a lot of goals. I think what you got to realise is this Brentford team is just built for their number nine has scored goals, whether it was Andre Gray, Mole Pie, um, Ollie Watkins, <clears throat> and now Tony is just built for their striker to score. And I, and I actually think Brentford are going to finish the highest out of all the promoted teams. Oh, yeah, I reckon their I reckon their recruitment will just be so good that they'll easily stay up. I think. They have to, they're going to have to recruit well. Um, my only worry with them is, and this probably affects my mindset on Tony, I don't know why all of a sudden I've become so negative about Tony um, when I shouldn't be after the season that he's had. But I feel if they change their approach because, you know, they're coming up against the big boys and they try to be more defensive, more compact, I think that will hurt Tony really. 
you won't see much of the ball. But then I also think on the other hand, if they play like they do so open, they're going to get absolutely slaughtered. Um, but I did think that with Leeds. So <laughs> um, I probably wouldn't listen to me regarding that. But it'd be interesting. Um, from a selfish point of view, I didn't want them to go up because I wanted to go to the new stadium next season. So I was a bit gutted when Swansea didn't go up. And I did call Swansea to go up in pre-season. So that was a nice outside, outside shot. Um, but that covers the team of the season then. So we'll get on to the next gaff, non-gaffer award. Sorry. So player of the season. I feel like this is going to be an easy one. You might surprise me. But Angus, if you put down as your player of the season? Uh, so I had it between two. Okay. Uh, it's probably the obvious two between Ivan Tony and Emmy Buendia. Yeah. And as well as Ivan Tony did this season, it was Emmy Buendia for me. The guy's just incredible. Um, as we've said, you know, he's made it into the Argentina squad playing for Norwich in the championship. Like he's, he's that good. Like, you know, yes, that might say something about Argentina, but like, you know, he's still made a squad of that caliber playing for Norwich in the championship. He was that good. I can't um, disagree with you there. He's, he is absolute class. Dan, who have you had? Yeah, it's the same. It's got people Buendia, really. Um, I'm running out of things to say about him. <laughs> and it's unfortunate because we probably won't ever be talking about him in the gaffer-related pod ever again. But, yeah, Emmy Buendia by an absolute mile, really. Yeah, 100%. A couple of weeks ago, second the second tier pod did their team of the year, and I actually said um, skip because I was that impressed by him. But then, on reflection, <laughs> I'm just taking Emmy Buendia for granted. It can't be anyone but him. He is absolute class. In I think what we're going to have to do is we're going to have to start a gaffer Hall of Fame. And Emmy Buendia is going to be the first inductee, and it's and I'm just going to get a picture of him on a canvas and stick it to my new house in the living room. <laughs> he was that good. So. Yeah, we'll move on from him. It's just I, I feel like we're not doing him justice by talking about him more. But I mean, we've spoke about him all season. There's not much more to say. Like Dan said, he's just so so good. Um, so we will move on, and we'll go on to young player of the season. So this player needs to be 21 or younger. Um, Angus, who have you gone with? Um, so obviously I just wanted to give a mention to Max Aarons in this, who was obviously very good and would have qualified. Yeah. Uh, but for me, it was actually quite easy as well. Again, uh, I went with Michael Elise. What uh, a talent he's going to be. Seven goals, 12 assists. Those 12 assists were best for to put him second in the league for assists behind Buendia. Um, as a teenager, such a good talent and really sort of, he was obvious, like people knew about him, but really he's come out of nowhere to absolutely shine this season. Yeah, 100%. Dan, who have you gone for? Uh, exactly the same, Michael Elise. Um, pretty much uh, echoing what Angus said. He's, when you consider, is he 18, 19? I think he's turned 19 now. 19. But Yeah, to, to play in the championship, and he, he's been playing week in, week out. So he's, he's 
near enough played in almost, well, a part of 46 games this season. Absolutely ridiculous for an 18, 19-year-old. Um, it's another player that probably won't be in the championship next year. And it's just where he, how high he goes, really. Hopefully he goes to a club that will actually play him and give him enough minutes. Um, I'll but, yeah. be surprised if he stays. But I did read something um, from Reading's journalist. I forgot his name off the top of my head now. Um, but in his article, um, he was discussing about that Reading need to sell really to balance the books because they threw everything at going up. Um, yeah. And at least they could go for something like 15 million, which to me is an absolute steal. Well, there was all, all that rumours that he had a release clause of about 10 million, weren't there? Oh, wow. In January, but I don't know. I don't know. But there was a lot of rumours it was like 10 million. So I think he's got the world at his feet. 15 million now, in five years' time, he's going to be worth a lot more than that. And I honestly would not be surprised if he ended up at a club as big as like PSG back in France or a Premier League club. I really do think he might not get as much game time in the first season he goes there, but he's definitely got a future at a top, top club. But yeah, what yeah. a player. And for that age as well. So yeah, a worthy winner of young player of the season. Um, we're going to go to manager of the season now. Um, I feel like this one's um, an obvious one as well. So, Angus, if you give your winner, then I'll ask Dan straight away. And I have a feeling we're just going to be talking about who you both said. So, Angus. So, uh, I went with Valerian Ishmael. Yeah, Dan, who have you gone for? Exactly the same. And, and I know uh, a lot of the time... Um... Farker's won the awards, but but when you think Barnsley, they they only stayed up because of Wigan's points deduction, and they didn't even start the season off very well. That's and he what took I was going to say. The into the playoffs, playing a unique style of football. I I, I can't even explain the, the style of football. <laughs> it's ba- it's it's basically long ball, but. You, you just can't cope with it. Like when when they played against Luton, it was an absolute terrible game to watch. And, and you're like, well, you just all you've got to do is just pass it through the middle, but they just don't give you any time to pass on it. And they're so young and so fit that it's just it really is so hard to play against. But like I said, how many players are Barnsley going to keep, and are they going to keep? the manager as well. Um, I'd be... Well, I wouldn't be surprised um, if you see him. If I was Everton, I'd really consider... I'm not saying I'd definitely go for him, but he'd be under consideration because, like you said, Barnsley didn't start off very well. They stayed up on the last game of the season and started off bad, he's come in. So he hasn't had a pre-season with these players to put his... And it just clicked just like that. It's just like a love story, wasn't it? Hmm. And as impressive as far it was with Norwich, they were good. Um, I also think... Why can't I think of Watford's manager? Uh, Cisco. That's it. I was going to say Garcia for some reason. I thought he did really well. (laughs) 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 When he'd come in, but Ismail... What a job he's done, and 
they're going to be really interesting Barnes in next season just because some people have expectations now getting in the playoffs. Mm. They'll want to be there again. Realistically, can they? I'm not too sure, but either way, it's going to be really interesting and I think he's done himself proud, really. So, yeah, that's manager of the season. We're now going on to signing of the season. Um, so this one could be quite a split, really. Angus, who have you gone for? Um, so I, I had a, a small list. So first I'll say the ones I didn't pick, which were Hellick at Barnsley, Skip, Gahey and Jan Elt at Brentford. And I went for Ivan Tony. It's, it's hard to argue. Dan's nodding, <laughs> so I'm assuming, Dan, you've gone Ivan Tony as well. Yeah, record goal scorer and 10 assists. Yeah. Playing League One football as well this season yeah. before this. That's what's and when you think he's you. he's fired them to the Premier League and he cost them, I think it was five million initial fee plus a potential five million in add-ons. Let's steal it. Oh, when you put <laughs> it like that, I need to get all these negative like thoughts and opinions out me add on Tony because that is remarkable, really, for that prize. How do Brentford keep doing this? It's like I know it just seems to be Peterborough all the time, but they're just finding these players. <laughs> How are these other clubs not finding them? I guess the part of the big thing would be that, like, I guess for lack of a better way of putting it, Brentford don't mind sort of dropping down and looking deeper, whether it's sort of League One, League Two, the second tier in France, whatever. Like, they're not too proud to look at these other places almost. So they end up, I think, finding more talent as a result. Yeah, well, look at they, they get Ivan Tony at that price. And Stoke, for example, get Sam fucking Vokes, who <laughs> my fridge freezes, who's quicker than him. And God knows what wages he's on, but because he's a biggish name, you know, oh, it kills me inside to like think about stuff like that. But yeah, Ivan Tony signing of the season, completely agree. We're signing of the season. This could be fun. So, so I had two. One, because I remember how excited people got when it happened, um, was Troy Parrott. I know you say um, <laughs> The hype around him in pre-season gaffer was unbelievable. <laughs> and he didn't even make it the full season. No. <laughs> uh, and then the other one that I wanted to mention, I really don't like this player and... It gave me a little bit of satisfaction seeing him not do very well when he moved. I think it was only January when he did. But um, Anthony Knockhart. Yeah, Knockhart. <laughs> yeah. I, I'd have to give it Knockhart for you because luckily <laughs> Parrot was only on loan. So they could kind of get away with it. Knockhart. He's so frustrating because he is a good player. There's no doubt in that. Yeah. When he wants to be. And he's. Oh. He's someone who'd fit in the Stoke team. Now he is. Like, I'm just surprised Stoke didn't have someone like him. <laughs> oh. But yeah, I completely agree. Danny, have you gone for? Uh, I went for Lyle Taylor. Oh, great. <laughs> you remember at the end of last season, he, he refused to play for Charlton. So basically relegated move. it for a dream move. And everyone thought he was going to the Premiership. And he joins Forest. And he I think it was West Ham. Ham. He was supposed to be yeah. going to or something. 
and he, he can't even get he couldn't even get ahead of Glenn Murray yet yet. <laughs> who's, who's now retired. I was quite excited about Taylor in pre-season actually because yeah. <laughs> when the season before at Charlton we played him first game of the season away and he tore us apart. He was electric and I thought, you know what, he'll do well there. And then obviously Forrest, I don't want to say a shit because I don't want to piss off the Forest fans. Um, but the shit. Um, French, you'll love listening to this one. We'll get a barrel of abuse in the group chat, won't we? If, well, if he listens to this anyway. Um, that'll be quite fun. But wow, Taylor, that's a great shout, actually. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's yeah. that's really good. I'd forgot. I'd actually forgotten him, which sums up how well the signing went. Yeah, yeah. And when Luke like Grabbany, he's absolute toss. And I said this in preseason. Uh, everyone has that one good season in the championship now and again. And Grabbing had it, um, and Taylor can get into the side ahead of him most of the time. So that says everything. Um, last two then for general, which top ten team? Well, who finished in the top 10 this season, do you think will finish in the lower half of the season league, Angus? Uh, Barnsley. Yeah. I think I think of the teams that finished in the top 10, I think they're the sort of obvious candidate for me. Um, not to say that, like, you know, they'll be in trouble or anything, but I think, you know, you look at the likes of Swansea, Bournemouth, Reading are an interesting one, but Cardiff... QPR, Borough, you could maybe say Borough, but I mean, Borough were sort of only just in 10th. So, yeah, I, I sort of so, so I went with Barnsley because I'm expecting a bit of a drop off. And it's only, I think, for this category dropping outside sort of the top 10, top 12. So I thought Barnsley could sort of just drift back into mid table next season, potentially. That's um, especially point. if they were to lose Ish- Ishmael as well. Yeah, Mawat out of contract. DK has gone back to Orlando. Yeah. So, yeah, they'd have to recruit well to do the same this season. Um, Dan, who have you gone for? I went for Swansea. Um, oh, the, re- the reason why you look at the squads: Woodman on loan, yeah, Wayhe on loan, Hurahan on loan. Ayu's not signing his seventy grand a week contract again. Roberts probably going. Um, the managers being linked left, right, and centre to Premiership clubs. They that was their last season of the parachute payments. They, um, yeah, just just so many reasons, and also the data showed that they were a mid-table team the whole season. So, I think Swansea are going to drop. That is a big shout, but then when you say it like that, yeah, I actually do agree with you. I didn't really think of Swansea, um, but yeah, the lone players are you going? Jamal never really. Is it off? Did he? Maybe he could next season. Yeah, actually, that is a really good shout. Yeah, and then we'll reverse it. Then which team who didn't finish in the top ten? Do you think? have a chance of getting a playoff spot, we'll say. Just nick, you know, finishing the top half, nicking one like Barnsley have done. Um, so, I guess on the assumption of like the talent which I thought collectively flopped this season, as much as I hate saying it, the one I went with was Forrest. 
I wouldn't have gone there, but Uton, a summer under Uton, get yeah. rid of some shite. If they but, and there's some well. decent players there that, you know, either were sort of coming in like dur- either during the season or late. You know, Hewton, I think, came in quite relatively sort of late and whatever. I think it's just sort of like there's there's a base level of talent there that I think if Hewton gets them playing well, could well push into the top half and potentially towards the playoffs. I hope not because I, I can't be dealing with friends. Oh, I, I don't, I don't, I don't want it. But it's just, it's just. Right. Apologies <laughs> to all other Nottingham Forest fans, but because of that guy, uh, Frenchie, <laughs> I really hope Forest finish bottom, and Birmingham and Derby go down with them. But yeah, um, Dan, who do you think? I picked Forest as well. Oh um, wow! It's, it's just Chris Hewton. He's got such a record in the championship, and if if you look at Look, uh, since he took over, they were very good defensively. So if they improve a bit more attacking, they're going they're going to just start winning games one or two nil, and they'll they'll easily climb up the table. Forest then are on the agenda for next season. Let's see if um, you were right in twelve months' time. Um, we're going to go on to Gaffer now then. Um, so we've got a couple of awards for this. Um, We've spoke about a lot of players and teams, so this will probably be a lot quicker. But team of the season, then we're going in a four-three-three. We'll go in exactly the same format as before. Um, who's your keeper, Angus? Uh, so in this one, I went with Begovic. Yeah, um, he scored. I think at the come the end of the season, because this was using end of season prices, he was five point nine. He scored two hundred twenty-two points, which was the second for all keepers. And only two points behind Woodman in first. Yeah, Begovic 5.9. Nice. Dan? Yeah, exactly the same, Begovic. And um, when when you think of his how much he was and then, like Angus said, how many points he got, um, it, it was really a no-brainer. Begovic and goal for both of you then. Um, go to your back four. So I tried to do it kind of like an actual back four. So I tried to do it roughly on that's positions. Out. Oh, that's good. We'll so, go with your right back then. So I uh, so for right back, I went with Connor Roberts. Yeah, easy. Top, top scoring defender in the game by some distance. 308 points. Finished the season on 7.9. Easy pick. Dan, I'm assuming you've gone King Connor yeah, as well. Yeah, 100%. Nice, easy pick. There's there's not much more to say regarding that as he was unbelievable in terms of Gaffey. Um, left back. Uh, so I went at four in the end for Scott Malone. Oh, yeah. I forgot season. about him. What a pick he was. Finished the season at 6.2, uh, 244 points, which was the third among all defenders. Danny, have you gone for? Exactly the same reason, uh, same player. Uh, Scott Malone. I always found myself during the season, especially towards the end with the double game weeks, taking him out and then I'd straight away just bring him back in and I, I would just continuously pick up points. I think he got six goals last season um, and obviously uh, he has signed permanently for Millwall already because he was only on loan from Derby. Yeah. 
Um, I think the interesting thing is how much is he going to be priced? Um, I imagine. Because he, if he's third highest, plus you've got that Millwall defence as well, it's, I think he's going to be 6-5, probably. Yeah, I, I agree completely. He was a great five. pick. I loved him. It was Robbie who actually brought him to my attention with some stats. I was like, I was on a, an overall at the time, I think. So I just put him in because I thought, oh, he's, he does actually sound really good. And then all of a sudden he went mental. So I, I couldn't have got him at a better time, but I forgot about him. And then that brings back good memories. That does actually, only them. Um, your two centre backs. Uh, so I went with Helic, who finished on 5.4. Scored 213 points, sixth amongst all defenders and the top-ranked top centre-back. And then I also went with Sean Morrison, uh, oh, okay. partially because he, he'd done well for me, but he finished on 6.2, 205 points. So he was eighth among all, among all defenders um, and the third-ranked centre-back. So the personal bias of the fact he'd done well for me uh, just gave him the, the slight edge there for me. I'd have him um, in just because everyone he did well for me and stuff like that. <laughs> uh, I love talking about him this season. He was an absolute animal. I wouldn't be surprised if he's not in my team when it comes to game week one next season. Danny, have you gone for? Exactly the same two. Oh, well. Is it, I think we've just picked the same team, probably. This is I'm getting that. I, I, I think there's, there's one spot where we might differ. <laughs> Oh, really? This just shows how good they were, though, that you've, you know, it's so obvious that you've both gone yeah. for the same players. Yeah. Um, your three midfielders then, um, who have you gone for, Angus? Uh, Buendia, Elise, Dan Juma. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't tell you <laughs> that. I'm assuming you've got the same, Dan. Yeah, obviously, Buendia, just the best player in the league. Then you've got Dan Juma, who was, like, massively underpriced. Um, and then obviously Elise was that breakout, uh, cheap breakout star who was on set pieces. Um, yeah, so pretty obvious. Three different price um, price groups, but all scoring a lot of points in a, in 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 a game where midfielders don't really weren't really favoured to score many points. Um, yeah, I think obvious picks. Although I would like to. Uh, shout out Jed Wallace who actually finished <laughs> second and I I didn't even know he was that high up and I can't remember what he started on but fucking too so much, much that's what he started on yeah yeah I, th- I think the problem is is he's just not a captain option and I think it if they lowered his price even though he's scoring a lot of points I think he'd actually be in a lot of teams so yeah, yeah, I'm never owning him. I'm not paying that for him. <laughs> right, if he was, you know, a cheaper, like you say, it's a no-brainer. Yeah. But I, I, I am I paying that. And like you said, I'm not going to captain him. Um, I think it's a disgrace. And I can't believe you even brought him up on the podcast. <laughs> but Elise was the one. I got him in at the beginning of the season. Obviously not knowing what he's about to do this season. It was literally for bench fodder. I thought, mm. a 4.5 did he start on? Or was it four? Uh, I think. Four point five, I think. Four. It sounds four point four point five sounds right. I actually just brought him in, sit on my bench, and I thought I'll play midfield at that price. Thank you very much. And then it got to the point where I was like, I want to drop him because of his price, but I can't. 
and I was just getting it the wrong way around all the time with him. But yeah, brilliant. Um, three strikers then. Um, I think you're going to have the same here, you know? Yeah, I think this might be the easiest one of all. And I guess it's kind of boring because it's the top three strike scoring strikers in the game. But it's Tony Armstrong and Pookie. Yeah. Dan, have you had the same? Yeah, I, I have picked the same three. But I think it's fair to mention that throughout the season, players like Solanke, Zhao and Moore were very good options mm. um, for that third uh, striker spot. And what was interesting as well, that fit, you know, you always had two. It started off with Armstrong and Tony, and then it was Tony and Pukki for, for quite a while. But the third slot was always changing. The different players seemed to be in form at different times. So I remember I got on um, Kiefer Moore when he got one of his first doubles, and I vice captained him earlier on. Um, that was one of my memories, yeah. So. There's definitely options. Um, obviously, it's the same as it. How many of these are going to stay? And then, obviously, the Premiership lot are going to come down, and we're going to have exactly the same decent strikers on uh, all those Premiership sides coming down. So it'll just be um, interesting to see if any, like even any of the mid-table teams, step up um, next season. Yeah, that'd be good. I think there is more options just to make it more interesting. Because um, he did get very templatey, um, but then you can't make that because he's template for a reason. It's, I would like be a bit more of a variety of choices. Um, so that's our team of this year. And to be fair, that was quite easy and obvious on this. Um, so we'll go on to then the gaffer player of the year. So forget about everything that was said previously just based on fantasy Angus who was your player of the season uh, so for this this one I gave the edge to Ivan Tony. I think Connor Roberts mm. and Emmy Buendia both had good shouts I thought Tony just for the sort of points return throughout the season and he ended up at quite a high price but I think he started off the season at sort of 8 8.5 I think he's at nine, nine, nine million. I think. Nine. But it's just sort of yeah. thinking about the, the value of that across the whole season as well. It's just like, I thought I thought he, he did really well throughout the season. And obviously, I guess the, the added bonus in terms of assessing this is that he was the top point scorer in the game. So um, that was sort of the added bonus for me in saying that giving him the gaffer player of the season. Yeah, definitely. What about you, Dan? I went for Connor Roberts. Ooh, nice difference. Why? Just because no one expected it. It was the first year of Gaffer. It took a while for us to realise that defenders, it was important to have uh, defenders who were major in this game. And Connor Roberts, he, he was basically undroppable for the whole season. And there were people who captained and vice captained him throughout the season. And, and done quite well with it. So, are we going to see a £7 million defender next year to start off with? Oh, if that's going to be horrible down. because if, Swan, if Swansea end up going like how you think and that we agree with, you're not going to want Conor Roberts at that price if he stays, are you? So, 
Because you've got to price him out. He was yeah, he unbelievable. Has to be, he has to be seven yeah. minutes. Yeah, <laughs> similar to our way of Trent and Robertson were yeah. um, the season before last in FPL once. They were just unbelievable. And it's had to be Tony or Roberts, I think, yeah. for Gaffer play of the season. They were just like... Like how many weeks did you not even own them for? I know I went without Tony around Christmas time to try something different, and I had to jump back on him within two weeks because the guy was just scoring every game. Roberts, if he wasn't keeping a clean sheet, he was gaining assists, and then he was popping up with goals. So, yeah, I can't think of anyone who would be on the same page as them two in terms of Gaffer. Um, what award are we on next? Uh, flop of the season. Flop of the season. Um, I've realised, Angus, we've missed one of the awards in the general, haven't we? Uh, we could put it at the end. We'll, we'll stick it at, at the, the end, end as a bonus yeah. one. We'll yeah. give flop of the season then. Uh, so I started, I started listing players from one club. So I just decided to say the club, which is Nottingham Forest. Just the entirety of Nottingham Forest. So I started listing the guys like, you know, Graben, Lyle Taylor, Joe Lolly. And I was like, actually, just the whole team. So I went with Nottingham Forest. Can't argue with that. What about you, Dan? <laughs> um, I don't, I think you guys remember about a month or two ago, I actually on Twitter posted my, my game week one team. Yeah. And um, it had Graben in it. And he, he has to be a flop. Absolutely, a hundred percent flop of the season. Um, I'd also like to say Brooks. I think when Brooks. you think, when you think of how well that Dan Juma done, and basically how they were talking about thirty to fifty million for David Brooks all summer. I, he's not worth anywhere near that. He, he's just not done it this year, really. Um, so Brooks I think I think shout. Brooks is the shout. Grabbing and Forrest, grabbing especially a lot of people, had him in their game week one squads. He was definitely a flop. Um, I'm struggling to think of someone better than that off the top of my head. I think um, Brooks is a really good shout, but grabbing yeah. definitely, especially after how many goals he scored the season before. Um, I've just lost where I'm at now on the awards. Right, we'll fire through these because I've got nine minutes till Zoom's going <laughs> to kick me out because I still haven't upgraded to pro. And I'm not going to, so we're going to find new software. Um, so we'll fly through these and value pick under five million. I think this one's fairly obvious. Michael Elise. Yeah. yeah. No more words to be said about him, is there? Shout out for Lee, Lee Wallace. Yeah, yeah, he was. I enjoyed owning him, actually, to be fair. Ne- never owned him. but Oh, did you not? <laughs> Lee Wallace. Never owned him. But yeah, yeah I enjoyed value. when I jumped on him. 3.9 million. He was really good, and we were worried about his minutes because of his age. And yeah. he was like a 23 year old, just bombing forward. But yeah, Alicia gets the spot, no words needed. The guy was class. Um, best gaffer moments of the season for you personally, Angus. Um, so there was an Ivan Tony 72 point captaincy in game week 28, oh. which was a great one, but I went with. In game week 27, before that, I scored 174 on Goldfest, which took me up to fourth in the world. Yeah, that's pretty decent, to be fair. You can't argue with that. 
<laughs> I love the high scoring aspects of the game. Like when you hit points like that. What game was that? 27? Yeah. 27. I played Goldfest and got 174. Nice. What about you, Dan? Probably just the Ivan Tony double game week with um, when Brentford did. I think they won seven. Was it that week they played Wickham, beat him 7 0? That was in the double. It was something it? like yeah. that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That That's the game week for me. Yeah, Tony smashed it. I think. Sounds a bit cheesy, but just playing the game for me because it's just brought another aspect to championship football for me. I'm so engaged in every single game that's on TV now. And I'm actually really looking forward to going back Stoke next season. And instead of just like looking at the away team and like, oh, he's a good player, he's a good player, I'm going to know every single player in that squad. And it's like a scouting mission, if you, if that makes sense. Um, yeah. I've loved playing this game this season. It's been a breath of fresh air for me. Um, so, yeah, that'll be mine. Uh, worst gaffer moment of the season, Angus? So, there was one point, I think it was game week 36 or 37, where a lot of people were looking at playing away days. I chose to play it in 37 rather than 36. Scored 84 with no boost in 36. Scored 84 with away days in ah. 37. So that was that was probably the worst one. Although the other thing I came w- up with was the multiple times I captained Ivan Tony and he scored zero because he got booked. Yeah, see, that's why that rule needs <laughs> fucking nice off. Doesn't it? it pissed me off, but not really because I knew everybody else had got him. Yeah, but it's still frustrating when you see you play on zero points because yeah. he's got a yellow card as captain. That was horrible. Um, Dan, what about you? Um, mine was basically the triple game week where I didn't have a single boost. Um, <laughs> yeah, that was that wasn't a wasn't a good game week. You're just um, basically a sitting duck, aren't you? Going into that, it's oh, like just, <laughs> try and get out of it alive if you can. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good one. I think mine would be for me as when I decided to use my last boost and go against everybody, and I went from third in the world. It's 27th in about five weeks. It was brutal. And I'll be honest with you, it just killed my season. Like, I was just ready for it. I just wanted it to end every week. So you know, I was going to nominate one for you, oh. which were, particularly because of the Twitter grief you got, was where your brainwave of selling Emmy Buendia. Oh, my God. <laughs> that absolutely, yeah, that was because they were live on TV as well and I'm watching it and I just felt sick why have I even done this oh god I've done some stupid things this season it's easy to say in hindsight but when you reflect on your season I could have done so well if I just wasn't a dickhead and tried to do something stupid so next season my promise is I'm just going with the crowd I'm going with the template it's there for a reason I'm following it. Uh, yeah, it's a definitely last one then, Angus. Yeah, and this should have been in the original. So this one's just for you, really. So, <laughs> yeah, um, most going to enjoy it as well. Though. Most impactful injury of the season. Uh, so I basically designed this whole question just to talk about Troy Deeney. Now, obviously, everyone Back loves Troy enjoy. Deeney. You know what a guy. Thoroughly likable guy. 
um, you know, obviously was a was a massive help to Watford this season to the extent that they were a sort of a fringe playoff team when he got injured. And without him weighing them down, they pushed on to automatic promotion. All of which can basically be traced back to Troy Deeney getting injured. So I just thought it was really important to highlight that because we all love Troy Deeney. To Troy Deeney. I love him. I love the shit I was reacting from him. I think he's fantastic. Apart from when he's against Stoke, it's quite annoying then. But I love a bit of controversy, me. Controversy. Can't even get my words out there. Uh, but yeah, are you happy now you've got that little rant out about Deeney? I am. That, that makes me feel much better. Good, good. Well, we've only got just under three minutes left anyway, so we better wrap up. So, firstly... Thank you for you two for coming on, giving you giving us out your awards. Um, you can tell it's getting late now because I'm stumbling my words like I've had about five pints. Um, that's it for Gaffer. The season is done. Um, me and Angus are obviously doing the Euros pods. Um, if you haven't listened to the first one yet, go and listen to it. Stop being dicks. Um, we're just going to be doing that throughout the tournament, just having a laugh. Um, and then once that's over... Soon as the game launches, we're going to be on it straight away, aren't we? Really, me, Angus, and Dan are going to be doing the main pod every Sunday, um, very similar to last season in that sense. I'm then going to be doing an extra time pod on a Thursday, which we'll give more details about. Um, but the first few weeks, we've got Joe and Sean going to come on, just talk about any changes that might have happened during the summer for the game. Um, last year's winner, Rune, he's going to come on and talk to us, just talk about how we won the game, stuff like that. We'll then do team previews, going through pre-season, and then wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. We are back in in August, and I can't wait for it. So, yeah, exciting times, but for Gaffer, it's been a pleasure. It's been a wonderful season. It's been emotional. It's been fun. Um it's time to focus on the Euros now for a month and then we'll be back. Gaffer for the win. Thank yeah. you for listening.